Welcome to the Trojan Tailgate Podcast Network. I am proud to introduce to you today your home for honest sports analysis that you won't hear anywhere else. All from a group of friends that met at Troy University. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And here's your host, Hampton Sipper. Welcome in to another edition of the Trojan Tailgate Network's NFL Recap Show. My name is Hampton Sipper, and I'm joined by my good friends, as always, Correspondent at large, Graham Haney, Reddit extraordinaire himself, Chase Haney, the grown-up, all-grown-up, Kyle Edwards, <laughs> <laughs> and as always, Woad Swab. How's it going tonight, guys? You know, Hampton, I'm going to be honest, I've been better. You know, when I got the news that Alex Smith wasn't starting, all hope was lost. <laughs> Then Heineke came out looking like Superman, gave me a glimmer of hope, but ultimately my dreams were crushed, along with my spirits and my mood. Washington lost. So are you part of Heineke High? We build, we get better. I I just might be. He he was fun to watch, I will say that. But we got something to build on for the future, and for that I am hopeful and I am great. Chase Haney, how we doing, brother? Hey, that man Heineke came to play. Brother, <laughs> yeah, hey, that that was that was fun football, man. I mean, you really think that? I, I saw somebody even say that this wild card weekend, which a lot of people call like the greatest weekend, like in the whole entire year, was like the worst greatest weekend, just because the games weren't like incredible. But hey, that yeah. kid came to play, and dude, I've seen his name kind of thrown out there a couple times, just on a Reddit and talking about how it, like is this the Washington football team's next quarterback? And man, I mean. That's that's really cool when it, when it, when a guy puts himself in that situation when they really come to play. Man, it's got a little Nick Foles in it, baby. But uh, man, I'm doing good. Um, yeah, yeah. The game was on Nickelodeon. Um, I think my marketing mind, and I think I really enjoyed that. I think it's cool what they're doing with that. But uh, yeah, man, doing well back out here in Texas. But uh, Graham, how are things in the alma mater, the hometown? How are things back in in the crib? They're they're going pretty well. I do got some sad news for you, uh, for all the Troy Trojans out there. Uh, we, we lost a piece of us today. Chip? The, nat- the natatorium on campus is closing down. No, no way. And, and we're all we're all heartbroken. Poor one oh, out for the homie. We're, <laughs> we're, we're we're all we're all heartbroken. If we could just touch that water one more time, hmm. you know, maybe like the water that was coming out of Ben Roethlisberger's eyes after the, the devastating <laughs> defeat this weekend. If, if, if you talk about a, a team that uh, didn't show up uh, in the first quarter, wow. That's all I got to say. That was crazy. Hampton, you always do a great job of starting uh, us off with these podcasts and and Ben Roethlisberger just did not do a good job of starting off the first quarter uh, for this Steeler team. We thought the Browns had literally lost everybody. Uh, they were pulled. They had a guy that was on the practice squad drove to Pittsburgh to play from like New Jersey or something like that. So they're asking anybody to show up at this point. And what do they do? They're up twenty-eight to nothing at the end of the first quarter on the Steelers. I, I, I there's no words. I, I don't know if there's any words that can uh, can justify that. But, man, Suave, we heard you got some big news this past week. Congratulations, brother. 
Thank you, Graham. Thank you. If y'all are all wondering what the big news was, uh, I was ordained as a deacon. Ah, dang it. You're not the father? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not the father. The father no. <laughs> no. Is this the Mari show? But, uh, I don't give a shout out. <laughs> I'm going to be an uncle. Go ahead, Swab. <laughs> this kid, Graham's cooking today now. Learn from his, old, from his older brother. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Swab. I want to give a shout-out to the Alabama Crimson Tide <gasps> winning their 18th championship, man. And the road to 19 has started. And uh, give a shout-out to all the NFL teams. Uh, I know it's been an interesting season. I know the players have sacrificed a lot to make this such an interesting uh, playoff weekend and wild-card games. But, uh, I mean, we have three more weeks to go this week the divisional rounds, and then the Super Bowl. So, I'm excited to watch some more football. What about you, Hampton? How's it going? Swab, love you giving the shout-outs to, you know, pretty much everyone. Got to love that. But I am doing great. It has been an awesome week. Uh, Monday night was a highlight of 2021 for me. Uh, My Alabama Crimson Tide rolled over the Ohio State Buckeyes 52-24. Hopefully, we'll do a little – you did okay. Oh, good point. Good point. My buddy Kyle for the game, I asked. He asked my score prediction. I gave it to him, and then I asked for his, and he got it on the dot, fifty-two to twenty-four. Um, about volunteer to my eye. Can't even. Can't even lie. Um, but yeah, that was that was great. Um, I got some um, work's been good, and uh, can't wait to talk a uh, more NFL football and guys. Do we have an upcoming slate of games this week that are going to be – there's not one of the games this week that I'm not looking forward to. Um, mm. I think we have four really, really good matchups, and uh, we will definitely be discussing those later in the pod. But to start off, let's take a look back to this past week. Um, to kind of recap what we saw, I'm going to ask each of y'all, and we can kind of – you know, elaborate and go into a little further discussion even further. Uh, but, Swab, what was your biggest takeaway from the playoff games this past week? What was the one thing that really stood out to you? Oh, such a v- very good question. I'm going to say the Browns because of all the COVID restrictions they had. I don't know exactly how many players they had out, but, I mean, Graham – brought up a great point. We had a practice squad member drive from New Jersey to Pittsburgh just to play in the game. And they were at 28 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. And 35 to 10 at halftime, and they didn't have their head coach and everything going on. I mean, we said Pittsburgh had one of the top defenses in the league. And the Browns put 35 on them in a first half alone. So that's what stood out to me. Oh, what about you, Graham? Anything stand out to you this past I'm week? telling you something that stood out to me. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense was absolutely pitiful. It, 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 was, it was very uncharacteristic of uh, a Russell Wilson uh, type of performance. You know, he's known as a guy that's elusive, you know, can move around in the pocket. One of those guys that just never, ever gets sacked. <clears throat> And it seemed the whole game, he was getting sacked. Russell Wilson ended up 11 for 27 
Eleven for twenty seven. At the beginning of this, uh, you know, what week five of the season, Russell Wilson had the like the best odds to win the MVP. And in this first playoff game, he goes eleven for twenty seven, hundred and seventy four yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, I mean, you got to give credit to the Rams defense, but I think that also uh, falls a little bit on his back. You know, the offensive line did do a great job blocking for him, but when you're eleven for twenty seven, some of that has to fall on your shoulders and. Uh, Pete Carroll did relieve the offense coordinator. Can't remember his name, but uh, he did. Schottenheimer. Relieve, yeah, Schottenheimer is uh, no longer with the Seahawks. But you know why? They back. You know, it, it seems like uh, every time the Seahawks got the ball, first down, they handed off to Chris Carson. He went either around around the left side, around the right side, and would get a yard. And it's like, well, you can't really get much going there. And then the next two plays. Incompletion, incompletion, sack, incompletion, you name it. Man, the Seahawks offense, very disappointing. You got to give credit to the Rams defense. I mean, they, they made plays, and, uh, you know, whenever you put pressure on the quarterback, you know, that, that really changes the game. Um, but, yeah, I was disappointed in the way that the Seahawks played offense. It, the, their offense at the beginning of the season was just magnificent, and it's just been on a downhill slope ever since. Chase, what, what's hey, your big – go ahead. Go ahead, Hampton. Yeah, before before you um kick it, Chase. Mm. One thing that I've noticed, and I want to get kind of real really quickly your thoughts on. So Russell did not play well at all, mm-hmm. um, and I really hadn't played well against the Rams all year. Do you think that's because like the Rams are just a bad matchup for the Seahawks from like this perspective? The Seahawks' offensive line is not good. They're, I mean, they're very, very pedestrian, um, very average. Uh, Russell kind of has to create and run for his life a lot. Um, and against, you know, with, with Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Brockers, and those guys, like, those guys are athletic enough to kind of corral Russell. And then you've got Jalen Ramsey, who's able to pretty much eliminate uh, DK Metcalf from the from the game, I know he had two touchdowns, but one of them was garbage. One of them was on when was when uh, Jalen Ramsey wasn't even covering on him, and it was a busted play. So my question is, like, did the Rams just expose holes in like the Seahawks' offense with them not having really a true number two receiver and their offensive line not being good and them putting too much on? Wilson, or do you think Wilson should get like more of the blame? Uh, you, you can name a lot of things. Um, I think it comes down to two things. I think it comes down to play calling. You know that the Rams have a really good defense. Their defensive line is one, one if not the best in the league. I mean, they do have a great corner in Jalen Ramsey um, and good talent uh, throughout the rest of the defense. But whenever you, you see that matchup, well, the play calling needs to be, okay, the defensive line for the Rams is really good, and they're going to get to you quick. So let's get the ball out of your hands. Let's get the ball in space and, and, try, and, mm-hmm. and try and get it to our playmakers. And then whenever they try and do that, uh, it's a pick six on, on a screen that the blocking was absolutely horrendous. Um, <laughs> Terrible. The, yeah. it, it was bad. Um, I, I think that a lot of that has to go on uh, the back of the offensive coordinator. I think that you have to – you know, against this Rams team, you know, you got to get the ball out quick. You, you can't let Aaron Donald, you know, just sit, you know, you, you can't let your offensive line have to match up with Aaron Donald time after time after time for, for five, ten seconds because that's going to end up 
like this game did and end up with a lot of sacks. And whenever Russell Wilson's on his back, then he's in bad shape. Uh, you got to get the ball out quick. So that, that, that comes to the play calling. Um, and, I mean, like I said, you got to give credit. This Rams defensive line is legit. I mean, Aaron Donald, y'all know, is a freak. But Leonard Floyd, that guy, I don't know if there's anybody in the NFL that can get off the ball quicker than Leonard Floyd can. I mean, it, it, it never failed that he was back there and, you know, a snap of a finger. And what did they do? I think the Rams offense, you know, the first you know, beginning of the season, lots of big, big plays, lots of home run shots of Russell, you know, scrambling out, making the most out of a busted play, uh, which happened with his touchdown to DK. Um, that that it relied too much on those type of plays, like the breakdown plays. And you know, if you know, if you're facing a Rams defense like as good as this one is, like the breakdown plays aren't going to be, you know aren't going to be yeah. magnificent. They're not going to be 50-yard home run shots every single time. You know, a lot of those, you know, rollouts, whenever you're just trying to make something out of nothing, getting it back to the line of scrimmage, throwing it away, getting five yards, that's a good play. As long as you're moving the ball forward, you know, like they say, you don't ever go – you won't. You don't go broke making a profit. You know, if you just get the ball <laughs> forward – Shout out to Plagueis. That's right. If, if you just keep <laughs> going forward – yeah, if you keep going forward, then, then eventually something's going to click, and, and it didn't click because the Rams, were, uh, the Seahawks were always getting pushed back because of this Rams defensive line. Um, they're legit. They're legit. So I hope that I hope that answered your question. Maybe it did. Um, Chase, what do you think about okay. it? Because I, I'll hold on. I want to say I want to say one thing. I want to say one thing for Chase. It seems to be a common trend lately, and this may be a hot take, but it seems to be a common trend that whenever the Seahawks offense is rolling, it's always let Russ cook, MVP Russ. Mm-hmm. But whenever the Seattle offense is not clicking, it's like, oh, well, the bad offensive line, Chris Carson's not playing well. Chris Carson's banged up, doesn't have a true number two. The defense <clears throat> sucks. Like it, it seems like Russ gets all the glory but never catches any of the blame. Mm-hmm. I mean, what other superstar yeah, quarterbacks so- can we say are like that? I mean, that seems like to be the, the trend right now. Like you get on Twitter after that game, and you're—I don't really see much much Russell Wilson slander. It's same after when they when he hasn't playing well throughout the middle of the year. It was always excuses. It was always Chris Carson was banged up. The defense is trash. Like that, Russell Wilson's got the perfect gig. He gets all the glory and none of the blame. Maybe a hot take. But that's kind of the way I've been seeing things unfold this year for Russell Wilson. Uh, that's fair. I, I'll, fair. I, I'll push back just a little bit. I, obviously, obviously. Uh, the quarterback, you know, obviously deserves you know some of the blame whenever things go bad. But for example, the the pick six that Russ threw, um, number eighteen for the Seahawks, Freddie Swain. By the way, he blocked on that play. I mean, he literally should not have touched the field for the rest the rest of the game. I mean, you, you try and throw a quick screen out there, and he doesn't touch anybody. Like if you're out here, if you're just gonna get a, a stick and try and poke at the fire, I mean, then you can just sit down. But I think that you know that, that was the the biggest play, obviously, that C, the Rams defense had, um, and that's you know six that's six points really quick, and obviously Russell you know deserves some of the blame. If you go eleven for twenty seven, that can't all be on the offensive coordinator, but mm-hmm. the offensive coordinator is supposed to put the quarterback and the offense in good positions to make plays, to uh, try and you know find new concepts, draw up new plays, to make adjustments during halftime. To what they were, you know, what's being called against them. So, uh, Russell Wilson definitely deserves some of the blame because this definitely wasn't his best performance. But uh, the Schott, you know, Schottenheimer guy, you know, 
there's a reason he's looking for a new job, and Pete Carroll knows that. You know, there, there's a reason why Pete Carroll got rid of him and not rid of Russell Wilson. <laughs> but oh, that, that's a good point. Honestly, Kyle, I'd never even like put two and two together. But you're right. I can't think of another another quarterback who doesn't doesn't see any criticism when it, when like the offense isn't rolling. Um, maybe not. He probably gets some from somewhere. But dude, isn't it isn't it interesting though that like when I always, like you said, you always hear let Russ cook and like, how has this guy never got an MVP vote? And he, he finished the seasons like this. This is why he doesn't get one. But when, just to kind of go back to uh, like the original question to kind of remind us what it was, is it was uh, what, what was the most like, what did we take away from this weekend? And Kyle, yeah. me and you were texting a little bit during the game and Kyle, I mean, uh, Hampton, you, you too, I was, I was, I was kind of driving. So I was, I was kind of like talking to my car, trying to like send messages and stuff. But man, that was, I thought the most fun game this weekend, and y'all might disagree with me, but the one that I really got to kind of like listen to, uh, man, I almost became a Colts fan this weekend. I'll tell you, they they're, they showed up and played a little bit, fellas. They were fun to watch, and and they made a couple mm-hmm. of decisions to go for it. And I'm not gonna lie, hey, as Cam Newton once said, hindsight is fifty fifty, but. <laughs> I, I like with the, with the, with the way that the, the game was going. I, I I didn't hate the decision at the time. Um, looking back on it, it's really easy to, to point out, hey, man, you should have kicked the field goal, um, stuff like that. But man, the, the Colts came to play. I felt like they they the way that they came into that game of they not only did they need to like, I think I think they won the last game of the season, and then they needed like some help. And then when you get help, I kind of like that they came into this like, hey, look, we were kind of blessed with this opportunity. Let's let, like if we get a chance to go for it within the within the 10 on fourth, fourth down, we're going to go for it. And, and I think that's probably established before the game. So I don't really hate them for that. Um, again, hindsight is, uh, as Cam Newton says, 50-50. So looking back on it, those three points could have been useful. But here's my other takeaway, Hampton, and I want you to maybe just speak into this a little bit. Man, do the Bears stink. You <laughs> piece together, uh, and, and, and it's an interesting time in the NFL because I think we've gotten a whole lot more coaches fired this season. It always seems like there's a couple that you know we're going to go, and then there's always a couple yeah. that are like, whoa, like, oh, wow, Doug Peterson. There's kind of some parting ways. But, man, Matt mm-hmm. Nagy and, and, and some of the guys in the Bears, uh, like, management, people have been going at their like, – they, they want them out. And it's just kind of interesting that a playoff team can be can have coaches, head coaches on the hot seat. But man, when you show up and you put up nine points, and Matt Nagy's supposed to be this offensive guru, Hampton, can you can you kind of tell me what that game meant to you? If it was just kind of one of those games that just wasn't very fun to watch, and the Bears weren't very good, or did the Saints really have it? And what else impressed you this weekend? Well, I can tell you it wasn't fun to watch because I didn't watch hardly any of it. <laughs> I, literally, I literally watched like maybe – I saw Javon Wims catch a ball on the sideline, and then they dialed up a perfect trick play, and Mitch delivers a beautiful ball to him, and he drops it in the end zone. Um, and that was literally all, like, all I saw of that game. Hey, hey, uh, kid, I won think... the, kid won the MVP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he did. Never, never forget. Um, but man, the Bears are just a waste of a good defense. Like I really, like I feel bad for the guys who play on that defense because I think they've reached like a point, especially like middle of the year, 
when Nick Foles was in there and not doing anything, um, <laughs> they were they just stopped playing hard. I think kind of not. I mean, not stop playing hard, but you know, it's almost like what's the point of and that's like shutting a team or holding a team to twenty when we can't even score ten for real. Yeah, um, and and I think against the Saints, it was just a bad matchup. Um, cause I believe they have probably a top three defense in the NFL. Mitch is just, who, who, do, who not do the that Bears good. match up well against the teams that they played like five weeks yeah. prior, you know, like the Jags, the Vikings, like a bunch of lower tier, bottom tier teams. Yeah. Can't um, forget about the Bengals. They actually, <laughs> Bengals. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, they look confident against them and I think partly, because, like, Mitch is able to kind of create and ad-lib a little bit, and that's when he's at his best. But also, like, I don't think Mitch is, like, an incredible quarterback, but I don't think Matt Nagy has put him in a position I agree with you. to be very good. Um, I mean, their play calling, like, you know, when you watch football long enough, you can tell, like, when a play caller is setting things up and um, has, like, a rhythm – to kind of how he calls plays, there's none of that with the Bears. None of that with the Bears. Um, I mean, it's a lot of run, run, pass on third down. Um, I don't know. They just – they they don't make sense as a football team. So, I'm happy to see them. And the, the sad thing, the Saints played arguably one of their worst games of the year. That game was kind of for the taking, and you lay an egg. So, um, so long, Bears. I'm not going to miss you. Um, and if Matt Nagy was involved in drafting Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes or Sean Watson, he should have been fired yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he should have been fired yesterday for that egregious uh, decision. But my main takeaway for the um, weekend, one, Chase, you and I are geniuses. We called the Rams beating the Seahawks. Um, Mm. We did. You you called John Walford beating. Hey, we didn't know. Oh, hey, it didn't matter. We didn't know golf was coming. They'd have beat him with Walford. They were moving the ball when he got hurt, so I don't want to hear it. He, they'd have beat. They'd have beat them with four fingers. Yeah, it wasn't like Jared Goff played well. He was nine and nineteen. <laughs> he was terrible. They ran all over Seattle. Cam Akers was a monster, and that defense limited Seattle. Hey, so, but, but Kyle, uh-uh. Kyle, 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 I got a question for you. Last week, whenever you we were talking about the, that, the Seahawks and the Rams. What player kept coming up for the Rams that uh, Hammond and Chase were just talking about so often? John Wall, uh, watch wh- Walford. Yeah, Walford. And y'all said Russell Wilson, and he Walford. went to bed. So <laughs> at least he played. We talking, I mean, we good night. Ramsey and Aaron <laughs> he <too>. played. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we I mean, were exactly. You gotta give credit for Chris too. Y'all picked the Rams to beat the Seahawks. <laughs> you gotta give that. You gotta Thank give that you. credit. Um, we thought that John Wolford was going to play, but he didn't. But ultimately, it uh, didn't come down to him or Jared Goff. It, it came happened. down to uh, the Seahawks playing like garbage. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's it. See, I was ask you a question kind of get you going along. Do you really think – do we still actually know how good this Rams defense is? Like, like is this something and, – and I don't want to get too far ahead of us in the podcast. But, like, going forward yeah. – and obviously they're playing Green Bay next week. Like, do we still not respect yeah. the Rams' defense? Like, like, let's just say, what if, if if there's one corner out there who can lock down Devontae Adams? Let's just make Devontae Adams play half as well as he usually does. Like, mm-hmm. are we 
are we still underestimating this Rams defense where they might that might be what pushes them through as an average offense but an excellent defense? Are we, do we still not have that respect on the defense yet? I don't think we do because um, they can single-handedly change and win a game. I mean, they're often – I mean, they didn't beat Seattle because they, uh, per, you know, put on an offensive display um, the likes of which we've never seen. They they won because they dominated the line of scrimmage on defense. They turned um, – you know, they got points with that pick six. Um, they're just really good. They're really well coached. Um I mean, I, I think I think they're the best defense left um, in the playoffs, to be honest. And that's why, um, yeah, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But um, the Packers-Rams game, when we preview that, it's going to be interesting. And there might be different schools of thought on how that game is going to turn out. But I can tell you this, uh, the Rams defense will keep them in that game. I can, I can about guarantee you that. Um, Real quickly, before I ask Kyle what his takeaway was, um, my man, like I, I just wanted to throw in that Jed that we, you know, we picked that game right because we got so much crap for picking it um, last week. But my big takeaway is that the Titans will never, ever, ever win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. He is not elite. He puts up good stats. He's a competent quarterback. But for them not to win that game against Baltimore when their defense played the best that they played all year and, um, you know, the game was there for the taking with them putting eight guys in the box to, um, to stop Derrick Henry, which they did, and you can't make them pay. You can't – I mean, you can't um, throw the ball downfield and just get them to back off a little bit. Um, I, I think it was a very lackluster performance and kind of – hurt his stock overall, but uh, that was, I mean, that was a big takeaway for me uh, from this past weekend, but Kyle, what, uh, what about you, man? What, I probably know which direction you're going, but uh, maybe you'll surprise me. No, don't surprise me. I want to hear what you got, baby. I think I am going to surprise you. I, I'm, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to okay. surprise you. I already hit on Washington in the intro. Um, and I was gonna, and I kind of was gonna give give Baker a little bit of love because I'm, I'm a Baker, and he he kept responding when the Steelers were punching. You know, he kept responding that Browns offense didn't didn't give up. But, but honestly, my biggest takeaway, <laughs> my, my biggest takeaway, has to be some of these coaching decisions. Are you kidding me? Like Chase, you kind of hit on one of them earlier. Like I am mm-hmm. all for going fourth fourth and goal on the goal line. But if you're going to go for it on fourth and goal on the goal line, just run a yeah. toss on third and goal at the one. Hand it off to your running back in the interior. Go run behind Quentin Nelson. Yeah. And then if you don't get it, oh, well, it's fourth yeah. and goal from the one, not fourth and goal from the four. Are you kidding me? That just killed all their momentum. So when you lose three or four yards on third and goal at the one, you have to kick that field goal. All right? So later, and then we go later on. You're on the 40-yard line. Down by four. Down by three yeah. or four, the Titans are. Fourth and two. You're not going to go for that on fourth and two, down by four. And, and make matters worse. They had second and two. They took a shot. Okay, that's a respectable opinion. They're, Third and two. You know who's not even on the I field? Know. How about the best running back in the league? Yep. Who's not even going to be a threat on third and two? Okay, even if, even if you don't want to hand the ball off to him, at least have him on the field as a threat. All right, and then so then you on third and two, you don't get it. And then fourth and two, you decide to punt. 
Like, what are you doing? You're on the 40-yard line. It's 10 minutes left in a playoff game. How are you not going for it right there? You have three plays to get two yards with the best running back in the league, and you don't go for it. All right, there's incident number two. I can yep. do another one. Let's go to the Cleveland game, the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh's calling back. They cut it to two possessions. They have fourth and one. on the. This one is their own 40, but still, you haven't stopped the Browns all day. They got yeah. the best one-two punch in the league. They, their offense is playing great. Your defense can't stop a runny nose. So you got fourth and one, and your offense has been rolling the last 30 minutes of the game, and you decide to go conservative and punt in a shootout, like down two scores. Coward. What are you doing, Mike Tomlin? Now, I mean, the Brown, like, like y'all said earlier, the Browns had every reason to come into this game not prepared. They didn't have a head coach. They were missing a bunch of players. They had guys driving from New Jersey. Like, they had every reason to come into this game unprepared. But yet it was the the 35-year-old veteran Ben Roethlisberger and Marquise Pouncey who first played the game snapped it over their head. It was the veteran team that just could not come into the game, a playoff game prepared, which really blew my mind. But kind of went off on a little tangent there. But that was my biggest takeaway of the game is coaches taking really conservative routes. And, yeah, some of them were a little too aggressive, but not in the right spots. Like, I don't want to sound like I'm just being this results-oriented person because none of these situations worked out. But I legitimately feel like if you're going to go for it on fourth and goal, you can either run the ball up the middle on third and one and not get it outside and have a chance to lose yards. Like, none of these decisions made sense to me, and it ultimately cost each one of their teams a chance. That was no, good, Kyle. Honestly, really good I, I really enjoyed what you yeah. just said because I, I, looking back on it, there were several decisions in other games that were just, wait, what are you doing? Like, there's an element to surprise, and then there's just a – sense of like what you're supposed to do and no i i think you hit the nail on the head Graham, were you about to say something no i was just agreeing with kyle's points i i i really agree i, I think that you know some of these coaches really needed to to make a spark and they all not that they made the wrong decision they all didn't work out right you know they worked out bad for their team and that always just makes you think well what if they would have you know have done this what if you know the uh, the Titans would have gone for it, you know, fourth and two on the, the you know, on the opponent's forty yard line. You know, it, it makes you think, you know, like what would have happened, and then, you know, it just it it makes those you know losses. It makes them hurt a little bit more, knowing that oh, if we would have just done this thing, we could have won, and they didn't. I, I really like what you had to say, Kyle. I I really really like that. Yeah, like like I get it. Like I get it. I. I'm sitting at home as a casual fan watching watching on a TV, and they're getting paid millions of dollars because they obviously are a lot smarter than I am, and they know a lot more about the game of football than mm-hmm. I do. But, man, mm-hmm. sometimes you just got to go for it, man. Like, I just don't get it. I don't get – I just scratch my head at some of these decisions, and I don't know, man. But that, that, was, my, that was my biggest takeaway. Multiple games. It's just like mm-hmm. – even guys like Mike Tomlin, like – well-respected coaches, like, what are you doing? I don't know. That was just a big I, I, I just want to throw in. But anyways, Hampton, I, you I think can take us on along. Like we kind of touched on. No, y'all have something else to Man, say. Man, when are we going to get Lamar some help? Come you know on. They got, they got oh, my God. Out here having to do everything. Oh like, dude's over here running 50-yard tutties. Ain't got no help on the field. I mean, shoot, they got they might as well have people driving down from That's New Jersey. That's the only Jersey thing he can do. Put him out there at wide receiver for him. What are they going to get this man some help is what I want to mm. know. I'm not even entertaining that. Good night. When's Lamar? I don't – That doesn't even deserve I was about to say, I'm not even going to respond to that. <laughs> oh, wait. Lamar and, still missed three runs in that game. 
That's all I'll say. He only put up Still 20, missed a ton 20 on an awful, and I repeat, awful defense. I don't want to hear anything about Lamar. Now, if he goes in and beats the Bills this weekend, I will give him prep or props, and I will respect um, respect him a lot more. But right now, no can hey, do. I, no I will can say, do. though, hey, that man Dobbins, Dobbins can play, bro. Dobbins is good. Dobbins can play. Oh, J.K. Dobbins is nothing. I told y'all that man was good. This man over here trying to sell me on Willie Sneed Jr. and Des Bryant. Like, come on. Don't forget Duvernay Texas. Don't forget Duvernay. Don't forget Duvernay. Duvernay has part, guys. And that's the third. The third leading receiver for the Ravens this week. Patrick <laughs> Ricard, who's the fullback? Dude, that kid's a hoss, baby. That's a man. Don't I, you disrespect, disrespect I'm not him. him. But give me somebody give I me somebody outside who can catch the ball besides a, a washed up Des Bryant. His best playoff days were thirty years ago. Like this this guy can't I, even catch the ball in the playoffs. Come on, give me a break. Graham, you're right though. Hey, that fullback hey, def, if you want to know what a man looks like. Just look up, just look oh, up Baltimore Ravens fullback. Hey, because that kid touched the field. Car, and in baby. the NFL, it, it's kind of like in the NBA. Like everybody looks big, everybody looks tall because, uh, well, everybody kind of looks normal size. But when they're standing next to someone, they all they're like, like, whoa, this guy's actually huge. But that guy, that guy stepped on the NFL football field, and that dude looked like he was out of place. He was so dang big. That guy mm. right there, and apparently that's that's some help that they're going to get Lamar. Dude's down there catching balls. That's what I'm saying. It, it, people. It's no, it's like no disrespect. It's no disrespect towards him because he's one of the best fullbacks in the league. I'll give him all that credit. But there's a reason he's playing fullback and not playing receiver. I mean, like this guy is one of you know he's a blocker and he's blowing up people for Lamar. That's that's one of the positions they don't need to get help for Lamar at fullback. They got taken care of. Golly, Hampton's over. <laughs> give me a break, Des. But let's let's move on. <laughs> we can go on for twenty minutes on this. Let's move on. Swap, are you ready to um, calm us down and give us some good uh, good uh, breaking news around the NFL? Coaching hires, player transactions, people being unhappy. What you got for us this week, man? All right. So just a few uh, coaching hire. Well. Coaching job interviews. Uh, Robert Salah, the 49ers uh, defensive coordinator, has interviewed for the Jets job today. Ooh. And uh, he will be traveling to, uh, let's see, the Eagles head coaching job, too. Uh, George Patton, uh, yesterday, is the Broncos' new uh, general manager on a six year deal. And with him going to the Broncos, that makes uh, Brad Holmes uh, the favorite to be the new Lions general manager. No, Brad. And and speaking of the Bears, uh, their general manager and their head coach, uh, the organization I uh, supposedly was happy with them, and they are returning for the 2021 season. <laughs> uh, as Graham stated <laughs> earlier, uh, the Seahawks fired their offense. I wonder why. Ryan Schottenheimer. Uh, And some more interesting news. Uh, Lincoln Riley has come up as an interesting candidate for the Eagles Mm -hmm. head coaching position. Really? As 
as well as uh, NFL teams have reached out to Pat Fitzgerald, the Northwestern head coach, about uh, some NFL head coaching positions, but he has not replied or shown any interest in going to the NFL. And then Dan Quinn is your new Cowboys defensive coordinator. And other than that, hey, Swap, have you heard anything that's about Dan Mullen's name? I know his name was thrown around kind of towards the beginning, and I think he said he was kind of – he wouldn't mind it. Have you heard anything about that? Is that, is that kind of calmed down? or That's calmed down for the most part. The only new coaches I've heard of was Lincoln Riley for the Eagles, and then Pat Fitzgerald was a name that uh, popped up the other day about a lot of teams reaching out to him. And then let's not forget mm. Urban Meyer. There's a rumor yeah. going around that uh, if he becomes a Jaguars' new head coach, he's he's assembling a, a collegiate coaching group to go down there and take over that team. So uh, those are the only three names I've heard. Uh, I believe Dan Mullen will probably stay at Florida. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. For, I, I also, I'm sorry, I, 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 I was just, just kind of reporting on what I've kind of read on Reddit. Apparently, there's there's some good uh, there's a relationship between Doug Peterson, the former former uh, Eagles head coach, and the Jets uh, general manager. And they, I heard just the way that he got yeah. split that they, the reasoning was they said that Doug Peterson just didn't like people telling him what to do. And so there's a I think that they're way above the cap. I think them and the Saints. I think they're second. The Saints have like the Saints are so far mm-hmm. past the cap. I don't know what they're gonna do. And then it's the Eagles, and they're old. And maybe Doug Peterson was just ready to, to get rid of Carson Wentz contract and, and relieve some of that, free up some money, maybe get some picks back. And the Eagles weren't down for that. And he was like, you know what? Well, we'll maybe we'll just go our separate ways. So, anyways, relationships mean a ton when it comes to NFL stuff. So. It's interesting to hear about the guy from the 49ers because I know his name's been thrown around a lot. And, uh, yeah, man, we might mm-hmm. see Doug Peterson at the at the Jets. And, honestly, dude, I mean, I, I, whenever I told you guys that Doug Peterson got fired, I was like, I think he's still a, a coach that I'm willing to give another shot to. But uh, mm. Yeah, he'll be a quick hire for I, sure. I, I think about the Lincoln Riley, like you said, Spav, He his name is being thrown around a lot, you know, with the Cowboys job. So, it'd be interesting, mm-hmm. man. Suave, I got yeah. a, I got a quick question for uh, you. Um, are any of these coaching hires? Do you think uh, some of these like decisions will be wrapped up pretty soon? Uh, you know, with teams kind of finding their guy. You know, I I've kind of you know been keeping up with the Falcons a, just a little bit, and I've kind of seen where they've uh, brought people in for second interviews. Do you do you expect any jobs to be filled? You know, sometime soon, and if so, like what would the jobs be? Uh, yes, I, I do believe they'll start filling up pretty soon. I know uh, the Titans offensive coordinator, he's interviewed at all six of his head coaching opportunities. And, I mean, just today we had the Vikings old general uh, vice president get hired as a Broncos general manager, and that only left the other spot to Brad Holmes. And they were both favorites for the Detroit general manager. So I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that, Brad Holmes is going to be the Lions general manager. And head coaching, I mean, that there's still a lot of candidates. I mean, just today I heard about Lincoln Riley on the Eagles and then Pat Fitzgerald. So, um, I think the head coaches won't be the first position field. I think mm-hmm. the general managers get filled first. And then they'll have mm-hmm. a lot of say so in uh, who they want to be their head coach sure, sure. for the team. Yeah. 
That's good. Can, can I, That's good. I got, the I got, only, I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, I was just going to say, um, the only other news that I would add is the whole, and we don't need to get into it just for time, but we will at some point probably. The Sean Watson saga in Houston, um, that is something to definitely keep an eye on what? and monitor. Uh, go ahead, Hampton. Let me finish. What, go ahead. About, no, go ahead, Graham. What's up with some What'd Houston sports, man? They just, they're all falling apart. I mean, the I mean, the Astros, I know. the Rockets just can't keep their best player happy. And I, mean, I yeah. guess Texas can't either. I mean, they give away everything. Golly. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I feel like unless they hire who he wants as head coach, uh, he is not, I don't think he's going to be in Houston much longer. He's going to try to force his way out. So that's something to monitor. And last thing I'll say, there ain't no NFL team. Hopefully, that is dumb enough to hire Clown Shoes <laughs> Mullen. And I hate to tell his wife, but she can't kiss players at that level like she does the college, his college players. So, um, <laughs> so I don't think he, I think that was just employed by his agent to get a raise and to get Florida fans off his back for going eight and four in there when they had the best offense in school history. So, um, that, that quick damn rant. <laughs> Sorry about that. Chase, did you have something That's before what- we, uh, Move on to the playoff I was, I predictions. Was gonna, uh, I was just going to bring in the Sean Watson's. Uh, yeah, just just that whole situation, man. What what an interesting thing. It really makes you wonder, uh, man. Like, was Bill O'Brien obviously he had a lot of power, but it seems like the whole organization mm-hmm. was is just very yes was in a limbo. Um, very interesting. But we can move on. I know we, we yeah. got to kind of preview what's coming up this next week because I think the matchups are phenomenal, man. Um, the only thing that we yeah. that I just want to throw in, we don't even have to discuss it, is that one thing that was cool, though, about last week's matchups, were that there were a lot of matchups that were like rematches <clears> that had like some rivalries to them, um, which was mm-hmm. just really fun. But I, I, it kind of states that the rivalries didn't really like, uh, they weren't all super competitive. But this week, this week, I think all the games, they're not going to be much beef, but there's going to be some really good football played. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. That Ravens-Titans game, there was some tension in that game and some definite, definite bad blood, and I think you're going to see that this week as well. So, great transition. Uh, we'll start out with the AFC, um, and this will be a quick answer, I'm sure, unless someone wants to go and shock the world on us. Um, Chiefs and Browns. Browns will be going to Arrowhead. Uh, to play the Chiefs coming out off that win against Pittsburgh. Uh, guys, here, I'm going to start with Kyle because Kyle is a big uh, Browns guy. Uh, who's winning this game, man? Real real quick because I feel like we can go through this one pretty quick. Yeah, I yeah, I'll be quick. Uh, I am a big Browns guy, big Baker believer, but they will not be marching around Arrowhead <laughs> after this one. I mean, if a bad Pittsburgh defense can, I mean, a bad up. Pittsburgh offense yeah. can can hang thirty and a half on this defense, I can't imagine what I can't imagine what Mahomes and Chiefs are going to do. Chiefs closer than uh, the I'm, I'm going to turn to uh, one of the, the Steelers players. Graham I believe Haney, it was Chase got. Playful said it in uh, one of his gaming streams. I, I believe he said that. You know, it, it's fine they lost, but the Browns are uh, going to get clapped this week. I, I got to trust him. I, I think the Browns are going to lose. Give Andy Reid and uh, <laughs> Eric Bienemy a week to scheme up on you, and they get healthy. 
man, I, I think you got to take the Chiefs. It could be – I mean, it definitely could be close if the you know, since the Browns are returning guys. But uh, ultimately, I think that uh, Patty Mahomes and, and that Chiefs offense is just too much for uh, the Browns to handle. Chase, what do you think? Man, I'm actually going to go against you guys on this. I think that this – that the Browns have the formula – to at least slow down the Chiefs, and that's why I'm going to pick them to win. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't Whoa. Win this, but I will just for the sake of the podcast. Whoa. I think that I think that they have. Let's they go. can slow the game down. Baker's playing very good football. Stefanski's going to be back, and the Chiefs are going to show up and they're going to play well. But the only way I think you can beat the Chiefs is to take the ball out of their hands. And Hampton, me and you. Have when we criticize the Chiefs, we've always talked about how they they haven't played like a game from start to finish that has impressed you, and it was most like like a lot of that mm-hmm. criticism had to kind of do with uh, the defensive side too, where they they're not spectacular on that side. So if they can control the ball, um, I, I would definitely hammer any kind of under when it comes to scoring. But dude, I mean, if 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 the Browns could throw up twenty eight in the first quarter against the Steelers, like I think they can, I think they're at least going to be able to put up points. So I'm actually going to go with the Browns on this, and uh, that I, I I don't know, I just feel like that's that's the way things are going in my mind. But again, I would bet money on that, but uh, I would bet money on it being under whatever the scoring total would be. But uh, Hampton, what do you think? Do you think that my criticism's fair? Or are you are you sticking with the Chiefs because they're just that good? Um, I think it's very fair. I, I think – I'm picking the Chiefs, uh, spoiler alert. But I think it'll be a close game because of the um, factors that you mentioned, the ability to run the ball by the Browns, Baker's playing well. The only thing is I just don't trust – I don't think the Browns' defense is really that good. I think their front is pretty good, and maybe, you know, Miles Garrett can create a little havoc for um, Patrick Mahomes. They're getting um, – they are getting Denzel Ward back, former first-round pick. Um, so that's going to help. But I think in the end, Kansas City comes out and wins. But I would not be shocked if Cleveland keeps it close because um, of how they've been playing recently and their style of play, uh, kind of like you mentioned. I just don't think – I don't think they had the defense slow Kansas City down. Suave, what are you thinking, man? Come you know, on. I'm going to have to go with Chase on this one. Wow, uh, okay. I, I, I want to go with Cleveland. Wow. Because Me too. of the running game. The the one part that the Chiefs struggle with all season is stopping the run. And that's the one thing that the Browns do great because of Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. And then, yes, a key factor to the game is going to be Baker Mayfield. He's going to have to make the throws. And I do believe it's going to be a close – Game rounds by Let's go, Swav. Wow. Way to step up, baby. Okay. Way to step up. Um, hey, I, I, I respect y'all for making that pick. And uh, I'm not like, I don't think it's crazy or out of the ordinary because I think you had good uh, factual analysis to back it up. They have so, the formula. Um, they have the formula. I can't. And, and they have the formula. It, yep. If they let it get out of hand, then it's going to be over with. But they can control the clock. Go ahead. Yeah, no, totally agree, man. Um, great, great stuff. Well, we'll transition to NFC matchup now. Uh, this, I think this one's going to be really interesting, and I have mixed thoughts about it. So, I think the Bucks are going to go to New Orleans and play the Saints. All right, first two matchups went New Orleans' way, 
And the second matchup was really New Orleans way. They blew them out. Um, Tampa Bay, they had never played football before. That was Antonio Brown's first game. Uh, so this is round three. Uh, Chase, who's going to win round three, man? Is Are the Bucs going to do it or the Saints man, got their number? such a good question. This is an interesting game just to pick because it's two veteran quarterbacks. Man, you want to go with Brady's experience, but I'm actually going to go with the Saints on this one. Um, I this I think this is just the Saints year. Like, uh, just this is their last two raw. I'm going with the Saints in this. Graham, think Tom Brady's got another one in him, or you think that uh, think the Saints coming to play? I I think that this is going to be a big defensive matchup. I, I think that uh, when you look at it, Drew Brees losing a little bit of the arm talent. Uh, you know, the last the two times that the Buccaneers played the Saints before this, Tom Brady wasn't at his best. But I think you gotta give credit to the defense. The defense is I, I think the Saints uh you know, defense really did a good job of stopping the Bears offense, which I mean lots of teams can do, but they truly did shut it down. Um the, the Buccaneers defense, uh, you know, good edge rushers. they're the I think they're the best in the NFL against the run. Um so I, I think it's really going to be a defensive matchup. I'm going to take the Saints uh, between my like a field goal or, or six. I think the Saints edge out the Buccaneers um, in the end, but it's going to be really close. I, I think that it'll be uh, an interesting game to watch. Kyle Saints Bucks in New Orleans. I don't know if it's going to be on Nickelodeon, but who you got? <laughs> it's not going to be on Nickelodeon. This is going to be on the History Channel. They're saying because we got Brady and Brady and then coming up in the late forties. <laughs> but um, a, a couple pods. The boy said sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, a, a, a couple pods. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead, buddy. No, but uh, but a couple pods ago, um. I picked the Buccaneers to be kind of my dark horse team. And even though I picked them to lose last week to my beloved Washington football team, there might not have been any bias in that pick. Um, But I really do think it's very, very difficult to beat a good team three times in one year. Um, And I think the Buccaneers, Brady's experience, I think they're going to have their number this year. And I think Breeze is not going to ride off into the sunset. I think Breeze plays his final football game this weekend. And I think Brady and the Bucks are going to the NFC Championship. Give me Tom Brady over the Saints by we'll say we'll say six. I'm gonna say thirty-one twenty-five. See if I can predict two scores in a row, right? So I'll you know, you Kyle, I'm gonna go with you on this one. Uh, give me the Bucks, and the reason Let's why go. is it looks like they have found their offensive formula. They're gonna run the ball with Ronald Jones and switch it out with Leonard Fournette and they found a way to use A-B. Uh, they played the Saints twice this season already, and this is going to be the third time. And when we thought they had everyone ready and it was in Tampa Bay, we all said Tampa Bay is going to win, and New Orleans went down there and did 38-3 to on them boys. So give me the Bucks and a close one. I- I'm going to go with you, but give me a seven-point differential. Tiebreaker. Uh, Bucks win. What about you, Hampton? Sorry. I was just about to say, so I'm the tiebreaker. 
Man, uh, this matchup is very compelling. These teams know each other very, very well. And the Saints, like like we talked about, they embarrassed the Bucks last time. Kyle, you made a good point, though. It's hard to beat a good team three times in one year. And, man, Drew Brees worries me. I know I'm not going to hammer on him anymore, but – he just worries me. That's all I'll say. I really like their defense. It's been uh, been good all year. Um, I think Kamara and Thomas will be even better this week. Um, you know, coming back, Thomas coming back from injury, Kamara from COVID um, protocol. Uh, but the, here's the key. Here's the key. If the Bucks come out and play um, press man defense. I think they win. If they come out and play that soft zone that they played when they played the last time, then they're going to lose and Drew Brees is going to pick them apart. I saw a thing where when Drew, when teams play zone against Drew Brees, his completion percentage is 75% or something like that. When they play press man, it's 56. It drops 20 percentage points. Um, the but, I mean, surely Todd Bowles will make some type of adjustment and, um, you know, play press man, because I think that's what the, uh, the Bucks cornerbacks are good at, Carlton Davis, uh, Jamal Dean, and I can't remember the other guy. But um, anyway, I think that's what they're best suited for. And, man, I think this offense, while I don't think every issue is fixed, there's still a lot of miscommunication uh, between Tom and his receivers, even in the Washington game where he played well. Um, and Kyle, you, that's the thing. I keep going back and forth because Kyle, didn't you say last week that Tom before beating Washington, he hadn't beat a playoff team all year other than green Bay. He was like one in five versus playoff teams. Correct. Um, and that worries yep, me, that's correct. but, but it's correct. Yep, I think correct. he's been playing at an elite level the past five to six weeks. And I trust him more than I do Drew Brees. And I think he's he wants to go to Lambeau and play Aaron Rodgers if they you know if they win uh, this next week. So give me the Buccaneers. I think they're going to get redemption and find a way to win. But it's going to be I think it's going to be a really close game. Uh, give me Bucks by three. Hey, it, it may come down to Sean Payton versus Gilbert Arenas' his long lost cousin. <laughs> Oh, that's so dirty. That's so dirty. Um, Wait. Did, okay. I thought I said that was about. Sorry, Chase. No. <laughs> you said yeah. the Remus, bro. I don't, I don't know if I follow. You said I, I also have to get some good crack out of this. You, you said, <laughs> I mean, Chase. Chase, just to bring back last week, you said <laughs> – Bruce Arenas, <clears throat> excuse me, Bruce Arenas, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Arena is a soccer coach, and Gilbert Arenas was a basketball player. Uh, I believe that he had some. Uh, I, I believe that he's like most no most well known for uh, some gun charges. I believe something like that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you pick good company for uh, Bruce, for uh, for Bruce Arenas to be in. Dang, well, I guess I guess the funniest joke um, you got to explain. I'm sorry about Kyle. I didn't know the reference. <laughs> uh, oh, I had it. Well, I, 
I, I didn't know the first like, That's well, what? what you're talking about last week, but like, I have no earthly idea who that guy is. No idea. I guess y'all don't know yeah. who Bruce Arena um, is either, so uh, it is what it is. Somebody no, coaches we for don't. The, uh, the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, the, uh, like that That's Buffalo right. coach <laughs> up there who won Coach of the Year. Shout out to Flop. He picked Coach of the Year and Rookie of the Year. Good job, so, Hey, and I'm just going to yeah, say, correct. hey, this is just kind of a good time to – Hampton, do you remember whenever they were talking about how, oh, man, Jamal Adams is playing for the Seahawks. Oh, man, oh, oh, dude, this guy's – hey, we are telling him that he was hurt. Kid's still playing, got that booty whoop. Yep. Just to go back yep, to last week's just a little and bit. And he put our – John Wolford, he targeted that man, tried to take him out of the game because he knew that butt whooping was going to be even worse for him in the mm-hmm. game. So, that's it. The nagging. Um, let's – Transition uh, to the the final AFC matchup. Um, very, I mean, like I said, all these matchups are really good, very compelling, um, and one that I don't think is as straightforward as you would have thought before last week. The Ravens are going up to New York to play Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Suave, who do you think is winning this one, man? And did what you see? Did oh, let me get proper English. Um, did what you see from Lamar last week change where the Ravens can go and if they actually have a legit chance to knock out Buffalo? Man, such a great question. So, full up. I, I, I am concerned about Lamar, as y'all brought up. I mean, he has a 50-yard rushing touchdown, and I – as much as I like the Titans and I was rooting for them to win last week, the Ravens could have put up more points than what they did on that Titans defense. Mm-hmm. And the one thing the Colts did well mm-hmm. against the Bills run was the ball. Run the football. Yep. So I'm going to pick the Ravens to win this, even though Sean McDermott won Coach of the Year and he's done remarkable things with Josh Allen and that Bills team. But the, but give me the Ravens just going. I believe they're going to run the ball down the Bills' throat, and that's all I've got to say about that. What about you, Kyle? Uh, I'm torn because uh, I'm not the biggest Lamar believer, like you said. But at the same time, the Bills' defense doesn't impress me, and I really feel like Baltimore's defense can somewhat keep Josh Allen in check. Um, man, uh, I'm going to have to go Buffalo. Just because I'm I'm big on quarterback play, quarterback comparison, and I give me Josh Allen over Lamar. Even though I do think Lamar can present issues, I think Lamar is going to rush mm-hmm. for 150 yards this weekend. Uh, but the problem is he's probably going to have an interception or two and probably throw for less than that. Um, and you're going to need 30 to beat the Bills this weekend, and I don't think he can get a 30. So give me the Bills. Oh, and a pretty man. Good game. Yeah, I'm actually Chase, gonna go with you on let's this. Let's hear from one. Uh, let's hear from I a think, Lamar Homer. What you got? Oh wow. They're not they're not similar. I just think that when it comes to mobility, um, in comparison to like Ben Roethlisberger, like these two guys are similar in that way. Um, <laughs> I, the boy Ben yeah. Roethlisberger towed that thing though. Watch out. Um, but took those tears down down the cheek. But we'll get back to this game. Um, no man, I just think that I, I mean. I'm not trying to like bring up this discussion, but I, I really wonder if you put Stefan Diggs on the Ravens, like is Lamar a better quarterback? I think he would be, and, and I think that because Josh Allen's like gotten significantly better 
um, and whoever who was really doing the maybe the, the the science behind it, they should really try to help Lamar out. Um, I can't sit here and defend his like just his, his throwing's not quite what it needs to be. Um, weapons not there either. This nor here nor there either. But, um, but no, I just think if you put Stephon Diggs on the Ravens team, I think that, that that it might be the other way. So I think Steph, I think Stephon Diggs actually like swings this for me, and I'm going to go with the Bills. Graham, um, what do you think? You think that Saran Neal, the you followed native, think he's getting in there? What, what do you What do you think? You think the Bills take this, make it a Super Bowl ring in the future, or do you think think the uh, the Ravens got this? I believed in the Ravens last week, and they delivered for me. So you got to go back to the well again. I'm going to take the Ravens, like, the Colts were able to run all over the Bills this past week. Um, I, I think that Lamar Jackson, uh, it always comes down to him. If the Ravens uh, do well whenever he's able to move the ball, um, I, I'm, I'm going to believe in the Ravens. I think it's going to be a close game, but if Lamar's able to run the ball, then I don't the, – the Bills' defense is going to be on the field a long time. Uh, the Ravens have a, a great kicker, Justin Tucker. Uh, th- they should be able to finish drives whenever uh, th- they get close. Uh, but I'm also going to believe in John Harbaugh. This guy uh, is really good in the playoffs, always seems to, to have ideas. And the one thing that the Ravens do a good job on is they take away your best playmaker. This past week, the Ravens took away Derrick Henry from the equation and put the ball in Ryan Tannehill's hands. And Hampton, like you said, you don't believe that he's going to win you a Super Bowl. I got to go with the Ravens. I I don't know if they can shut Stephon Diggs down, but if I I trust the Bills' other weapons, I don't know. I'm going to go with the Ravens uh, in a close game. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I believe in John Harbaugh. And Lamar delivered for me last week, so uh, you got to keep going back to the well for another one. So I'll, I'll take him. Hampton, what you think? Well, you believe in John Harbaugh, and I believe in Josh Allen. I think he has had an incredible season, and if it were not for a spectacular performance from him last week, uh, other than that bonehead first down sack he took to make it like third and or second and 33, um, he played incredible last week. Um, I think the point that you made about the Ravens taking away an offense's best weapon is kind of true. But I like I like John Brown. Um, he's a good deep threat uh, for Josh Allen. And Josh Allen has a really good rapport with uh, Cole Beasley, too. Um, I think he he's a solid little receiver, not a guy that um, is – on the caliber of digs or anything like that. Um, but I think those two guys, Josh Allen can make enough happen with them where they can't solely focus on digs the whole game. Uh, now for the bills, um, when it comes to defense, I, your points about the coach being able to run the ball on them are true. That very much worries me in this game. Uh, the only thing that I might, that I can rationalize to why I like the Bills a little bit more. I feel like the Colts were a more balanced football team. Phillip Rivers was able to deliver the ball um, to his playmakers, and I think he had more playmakers around him uh, than the Ravens do on their team. So I think maybe the Bills can have a better game plan and craft a better game plan to stop Lamar in that run game without 
because they don't have to worry about like Lamar slinging the rock all over the field, throwing the ball um, vertically. So I'm going to go with the Bills, but I'm not going to be shocked if the Ravens win this just because, um, you know, styles make fights. And I think what the Ravens do well is a weakness for, you know, weakness for the Bills. So I'm going to be very intrigued to watch this game. But um, Josh Allen, I think, has been an MVP type player all year, and I think he'll prove it again uh, Saturday or Sunday, whenever they're playing. Game's on Saturday so, at 7.15 um, p.m. I believe that. Yeah, I believe that's I think the the Ravens are going to be dancing on, uh, you know, the logo at midfield after the game. So I, I'll take the Ravens and their dance moves. Uh-huh. Come on. <laughs> okay, that's hey, that's fair. I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't yeah. think it's a uh, a bad pick at hey, all. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad pick. It's at all, disrespectful. All right, here. This is the game. It's the final matchup of the weekend. And this is the game that I think I am so torn on what in the world I'm going to pick and what I'm going to decide. The Rams are traveling to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field to face Aaron Rodgers and those mighty Packers. I mean, this game has everything you want. Um, mat- Matchup-wise, uh, you've got best on best. I think one of the, be- the best defense in the game versus the top, a top three to top five offense in the game. Um, it's kind of a you know what gives in that scenario. Um, who's going to play quarterback for the Rams? We don't know yet. I don't think. Um, just so, I mean, this game's full of storylines. And- <laughs> okay, okay, let me go, okay, buddy. Uh, chime in and come. No, you, no, you, you finish, you finish what you want to say. I just, I just, you finish your little intro, but I'm okay. Gonna let it, noted. I go um, I think, I think, <laughs> I'm gonna just let you have it. I don't think I had much else to say, but you, uh, you take it away, brother. <laughs> I really, I no, really you're good. Steal your thunder good. there. I apologize, but you're you're hyping this up that it's gonna be the most perfect matchup ever. And don't give me that baloney. That's a bunch of Thanks fried baloney. Oh, me. my gosh. You're sitting here talking about the frozen tundra. So you're telling me that we, we don't even know – we don't even – we don't even know who's going to be starting under center for the Los Angeles Rams in the frozen tundra. So we got an unknown quarterback who's used to the L.A. weather going into the guy that's played in Green Bay his entire career in the freezing cold weather. Massive advantage MVP. Oh, wait, yeah most valuable player, Aaron Rodgers, over whoever the heck the Rams put under center. It don't matter. Give me Aaron Rodgers in familiar territory, in the snow, by 17. How about it? 17 points. 31, 31, 31-14. 31-14 Green Bay. This game is not going to be close. L.A. will not be able to score because they're going to be so frozen. Because they don't, they never have to play in this kind of weather. And you got the best quarterback of the year, the most valuable quarterback in his own house, and just the temperature he wants it. I don't see how it's gonna. I don't see how the Rams are gonna score. Cow, Give cow, me cow. Aaron Rodgers, thirty-one to fourteen. Hey, you must Chase, have not tell done me why your I'm wrong. If you don't know this is gonna be a ball game, brother. Mm. See, the thing is, I don't oh, give it to him. His dog ain't the word. It ain't gonna be a ball game, brother. We've never. No, no one here has really been a Jared Goff 
saying that, that he deserves any kind of – like he's not in the MVP conversation. No. Nowhere near. And, and neither is his backup. No, we don't really know who's playing, but let me let me just ask you a question, Kyle. Let me just, let me just pose something to you because you haven't really done your homework quite yet. So do you know what Aaron Rodgers' <laughs> record is in his last four starts when he faced the number one ranked total defense? 0-4. Oh, 0-4 oh, against I'm the gonna say lad, oh and like, four against or the one number three. one ranked defense. Ow. You know who that is this year? It's the Rams, and they're the number one total defense, the number one scoring defense, and the number <laughs> the Rams. one passing defense. See now, hey, hey, hey the Deacon shut me down over there. I, this this <laughs> game's going to be fun, and, and the, the cool thing about it is, it, it, let me just kind of like maybe paint a picture for a second. Is that Jalen Ramsey's obviously gonna? I love he's gonna cover Devonte Adams. There will be plays where you're like, "How in the world is this guy open?" But I, we've got the best corner on him. Um, we'll, we'll see who wins that matchup. But you know who's got another good corner? It's Green Bay. Jair Alexander. I think somebody on this podcast was really hyping him up a while back, but I can't quite recall who it was. But another extremely good. That's right. Um, the thing is, is that the Rams, I think, have a very, not a simple, but just an average, uh, like, offense where they spread the ball around, run the ball. When you run the ball, I think you can do that in, in hot weather and cold weather. Now, they are coming from L.A. That's also, you know, I, I think uh, I think Aaron Rodgers was a California kid. So, you can you can adjust, but yep. it's going to be interesting. I look back to, and, and, and I can't recall this, but I'm just, I'm just looking back. I can't recall. I'm recalling the uh, the Green Bay Tampa Bay game. Do y'all know if Devontae Adams played in that game? I'm asking. I don't really know. He did. Oh, he did. See, he that did. concerns me yes. even more because they looked like they lost their identity. There's been a couple games where they they've kind of just like, man, I thought the I thought like the Packers were the team. And I love Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be a fun matchup. But man, this is going to be one of those games that you're just going to see two. You're going to see like like the Rams coaches are trying to scheme and outsmart this brilliant guy in Aaron Rodgers. It's just going to be one of those games that it's not going to maybe be the most flashy. It's going to be the lots of checks and stuff like that. But I'm going to go with the Rams. I've just been going with them all year, and I found a stat that kind of like backs that up. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of going back to that Rodgers game whenever he played Tampa Bay. Um, man, it's going to be a good football game, though. And I definitely – I think Rodgers is well-deserved of the MVP. So we'll see if the MVP is still playing after this weekend. Now, Hampton, I know me and you might see eye-to-eye on this, so I want to bring Graham in just for a second. Graham, what's your pushback on that? Do you feel like those stats are maybe cherry-picked, or do you feel like they're fair? Or even the comparison whenever Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay played uh, the Bucks. Is that even really worth throwing into this because it's playoff season? What do you think? I, I think the stats are important, but the stats don't tell the whole story. Um, whenever the, the Packers went down to Tampa Bay, I believe that was Devontae Am's first game back uh, after injury. Um, didn't, didn't look like himself. And, yeah, the Packers you know, didn't, didn't come to play. But just some, some other things about the frozen tundra. Let, let's look at the weather and just see how frozen this tundra is going to be. On Thursday, high of thirty, high of thirty-eight degrees, seventy percent precipitation. Friday, fifty percent participation, high of thirty-five. Saturday, 
40% precipitation, high of 34. There's probably going to be some snow on the ground. <laughs> probably. There's probably going to be some snow on the ground. <laughs> I can see the future. You see the future. And I think this is a matchup problem for the Packers. I think that you have the, the Rams defense has the pieces to slow down Devontae Adams to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers with uh, their left tackle Bakhtiari out. I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers believer, and I think that he can make the plays to deliver the Packers in the frozen tundra. But I'm still going to take the Rams. I, I think that – I. Th- I'm I'm a huge I'm a I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers believer, but that Rams defense against Seattle looked legit, and I think it's going to come down to this aspect right here: the punting game for both teams. J.K. Scott, Johnny Hecker, when the snow's on the ground, who's going to be able to flip the field and make the other team drive the ball all the way down the field? I, I think that. Uh, you know, whenever it's snowing, lots of running the ball. Um, I, I don't know if that, you know, I don't know who that favors. But I I got a feeling to take the Rams, but I'm probably going to regret it. So since I'm picking the Rams, the Packers are probably going to win. Uh, but I guess I'll take the Rams just really, really close. Suave, you go, buddy, before I'll close this out. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, baby. Chase, you got me fired up talking about that number one defense. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm a big believer at defense wins championships. Oh yeah. And we are about to witness the, as you said, the best on best. The probably the top three or four rated offense versus the best defense in, in the NFL this season. And Jalen's going to lock up. Devontae and then Aaron Donald's got the middle. And uh, I, I'm a believer in the Rams. Get, give me the Rams in a close one. Uh, and I do believe bringing up the Bucks is interesting because it's not a team that they would normally face. That Their normal teams that they face, which is twice a season, the Vikings, Bears. Lions. And Lions. The Lions. So, the – them going down to Tampa, Florida, I mean, that that's not something they do. So, I, I think it would be an interesting scheme uh, on both sides on what they try to devise to mm-hmm. uh, find a weakness in the Hampton, can I, can I throw something in right before? I, I just want to give you a little bit of information. Um, so, the guy that the, the uh, Packers went out and signed, some guy that I think was on the Colts team. Um, Valdir? It was an offense – yeah, he was an offensive lineman. They signed him, I want to say it was yesterday, due tested positive today. Yeah. So, if he was going to plug a hole that oh. Donald was trying to fill, that hole is now open mm. Just Because I think I – think That always fun to I think that, that – I mean, that's what got me kind of like, man, Aaron Rodgers is a freak, but this dude right here didn't get paid that amount of money. Mm-hmm. If he like, you know, so uh, that just giving you that answer. Yeah, I, Chase, I want to add to that. I think that's the reason I'm picking the Rams too. Uh, Bakhtiari is one of the best left tackles in the game, and against a really good Rams defensive line that has Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald, 
I think you got to have somebody really good to protect your blind side, and, and I don't know if the Packers have that and whoever their second-string guy is. Tabe hey, Denog, you can go ahead. Ah, uh, man, the, this is tough. You know, I, I, I prefaced before we all gave our picks. Um, you know, I'm not going to repeat all that, but – this is what gives – I want to pick the Packers. I trust Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's been great all year. Probably Absolutely. his best year in four or five years. Um, they're all been um, – Dynamite, him, and LaFleur have a good connection. They do a good job of being multiple in what they do, um, which means they can run the ball well. Um, they throw the ball well with RPOs. They throw the ball well off play action. Um, they have a good vertical passing game. I really like them. That Bucks game does concern me a little bit because that Bucks defense had a good plan, and more importantly, they put pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Okay, here's another thing. Last year, when what were the two games that Aaron Rodgers looked the worst last year? When they played the 49ers, who had a really good defensive line and could put pressure on him, disrupt timing, get them behind the chains. And um, they never had a counterpunch. Now, I do think that they're better equipped this year to deal with that. But Aaron Donald is a game wrecker. And not only is it him, you know, Leonard Floyd has emerged, like you said, Graham, um, to be a really good outside pass rusher. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's going to come to play. Uh, You know, Devontae will get his, but I don't think he's going to be – be on the tear that he's been the last half of the year. Um, And I think, you know, I don't know what y'all think about this, but other than Jair Alexander, I don't love the Packers defense. Um, I like Zadarius and Preston Smith. Rashawn Gary's come on for them well. Um, I don't trust their linebackers in coverage. And I think that Sean McVay can kind of exploit that, regardless of who's a quarterback. And I think that – they might be even better with Wal- if Walford can play at quarterback because they'll be able to run around and improvise a little bit, um, and they can do some different things on offense to give um, the Packers more trouble. And Cooper Cup being back it was big for them last week. Um, he has another dynamic to their, um, you know, to their offense along with Cam Akers. Cam Akers was incredible, not only rushing the ball but catching the ball at the backfield and. Man, I'm going with the Rams. They, I think they're built for the playoffs. And I think what you said about the frozen tundra and, you know, the Packers playing good at home is very well noted. I just, I like the Rams better as a football team than I like the one player in Aaron Rodgers. So give me the, give me the Rams in the upset. I'm not going to be surprised that the Packers win. I think a lot of these games are kind of, Toss up. So I was but, the only one to pick um, the, the Rams are just a matchup champions with the MVP. Them, what? Unbelievable. Yeah. Yep. Kyle, Kyle, Absolutely. Kyle, Kyle, could I ask you a question? Do you happen to know the Packers' record? I do know they absolutely obliterated the Tennessee tundra? the other night, like, a couple weeks ago on the Frozen Do you know their record? But I don't know their exact record. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I got> you. <laughs> I, 
No, no, no. I, 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 I was, I was, I was wanting to know that. Six in their last seven games or something like that. Homework. No, no. This man was trying to set you up. So then he said, he said basically, no, no, no. They play with heart. Oh, shout out, Shep. Hey, what group you're in? But Kyle, Kyle, I'll tell you this: it does hurt my heart to pick against my boy. He ain't Aaron your boy Rodgers. anymore. I mean, it, he ain't it, your boy anymore. If you ain't riding it, with him, if you are not riding it, with him, my boy. I, Kyle, yeah. I'm a correspondent at large, which means I need to be unbiased. I cover all topics I fairly. Guy with one leg for an entire year, and I was gonna ride that it's train until it crashed, and it crashed, and I, I was, I went down on that train with him. <laughs> but Kyle, I, I, will, I want you to be right because I do adore. I was gonna, let, I was just letting you, everybody, all the listeners know if Washington would have beaten the the Bucks last week. I was going to have three or four valid reasons on why they were going to beat the Packers this week. I was going down on that train with them. I stand by my picks. <laughs> Hampton, can I ask you something? <laughs> so, one thing that I think Kyle has said, um, and Kyle, I'm giving you credit here. I don't think I'm about to just rub you through the, the dirt. Uh, so, Kyle mentioned, and I think we were all on board. Roast him. Um, Roast him. <laughs> man, we really would love to see uh, a uh, – I'm sorry, a Chiefs versus Packers Super Bowl. So, with your pick that the Rams Absolutely. would beat the Packers, so the Packers, like, as they are, I think that when we said that, like, Bozzolari was still there, and, like, they were rolling. Um, I don't know. I, I, I loved when he said that. But do you still have the same feelings now, or do you feel like the Rams give them a – like, who has a better shot against the Chiefs, simply put? Nobody. The Browns. I don't think the – oh, my gosh. Um, I don't think um, the Rams had the best shot against the Chiefs. Um, even though their defense is really, really good, I just don't think they had the offense to kind of compete with them. Um, and I think you kind of had to go blow for blow. Um you know, in their own conference, I think the Bills can go blow for blow um, with them. Um, I think their offense is that potent. And, I, th- I mean, I think, personally, I won't. Like, I'm picking the Rams to win. I want Green Bay to win this game because I want to see the old guard versus the new guard and see the old guard come out and whoop Patrick Mahomes' little tail because I would love for Aaron Rodgers to get his second Super Bowl ring. I think they have a shot um, against the Chiefs just because of, like I said, their offense is very multiple and kind of hard to defend, and the Chiefs' defense isn't that good. Um, but I don't think – I don't think – you know, like I think the Rams are a good matchup for the Packers, but I don't think yeah, they're yeah, necessarily the best that's matchup uh, for the have Chiefs. Have we covered all of them? If that makes sense. Can, I, I, I was just yeah. reading a little bit, and I want to throw out two more maybe. Uh, yeah, well, that's all of them. We, we, this can be really short. We can wrap it up. Um, it seems like college coaches is where people are starting to look to. Cause when, yeah. All right, so this is what I read. Bien-Ami from the Chiefs, they're expecting him not to get a coaching job. And I really – I none. I, I, they're saying that, that it's because Andy Reid's Real, coaching job like doesn't like – I think it's, yeah, it doesn't do very well without him. Um, 
I really think it has to do with what we've good. talked about several times in this podcast. And, and, it, and it's like, I think it's allegations. I, I, so I don't really want to repeat it because that's not fair yes. to him. Um, but uh, there's just some stuff floating around that I think might be some of the more of the issue. But I, I've seen two names um, that have been floating around. And one of those, uh, this is for the Eagles job. One of those was Ryan Day because he was a quarterback <clears throat> coach at the Eagles a few years back. And then another was none only than the Cincinnati head coach, Luke Fickle. Do we, do we actually think that, that let's, can we just have a short conversation on like, is this even the right place to look for coaches when like looking for them in college or like, I'm trying to even figure out if there's any credibility to this. Do those names excite you if you're an NFL fan, better yet, like an Eagles fan, or do you think that your guy's actually in the NFL already? Hampton, I'll go with you. I, I'll be, sh- yeah, I'll be short and sweet. Um, Ryan Day, I think, um, I saw a report where um, he again denied that that's not true. Um, he's not looking for an NFL job, not interested in one. Um, I wouldn't mind, like if the NFL team hired him, I would not scoff at it because I do think he's a good coach. Now, if a team went out and hired Luke Fickle, I think that would be a bad hire. Not because I don't think Luke Fick was a good football coach. Um, but to me, if I'm going to hire a college coach when I've got all these NFL choices, you better have one at a big program um, and have a track record of doing it consistently. And I just don't think Cincinnati's that program to get me. Like, oh, you want it Cincinnati? Oh, yeah, I'm hiring you. Um I mean, I think there's some great coaches in the college game, but I mean, Joe. Honestly, Joe Brady would be my guy that I would probably hire as a head coach, like that new hot shot um, offensive yeah, guru. Joe Brady would be at the top. He's of interviewed my list. a lot He's of places. I think that, Hattie, you know, like I said, really early in the podcast, I think that Joe Brady is the next kind of Sean McVay style of coach. He's the home run hire. I mean, he could strike Absolutely. out. He could be bad. Don't get me wrong, but he could be the home run hire. Young guy, offensive mind. You know, he kind of – the fans would like to see a guy like that as the head coach. That kind of buys into, like, you know, not like success, but it's like, okay, you know, like we've got the pieces and this could be a home run. Um, I think that Joe Brady kind of fits that style. He might – he's not the safest yeah. pick by any means because he doesn't have a ton of experience. And, he, you know, this is really only his second, you know, true job calling plays. Um I think he's you know he's a lot not a long shot but he's such a home run hire and but that he could easily strike out but just going back to college coaches chase I think that what they look for in college isn't necessarily you know like winning is important but winning you know it you know winning everything isn't always the biggest thing like the the Panthers hired Matt Rule and you know yes you know he was really good at Temple you know really you know, really good at Baylor but but the thing that the thing that Matt Rule does that that excited the Panthers <laughs> was player development. He took a bad Temple team and made them into a good team. He made a, took yeah. a bad Baylor program with bad Baylor players and made them into a top ten team. I think that you know if if I'm looking for college coaches to hire, I like Ryan Day, but he's not who I go after. I go after a Pat Fitzgerald, but my number one guy would be uh, Matt Campbell from Iowa State, a guy that doesn't have a lot. 
doesn't have a lot of talent around him. If he finds talent, he's got to go other places to get it. But really develops players and gets them to buy in. That's the kind of that's the kind of person you need as a head coach. Not always, you know, you know, you can't recruit in the NFL really. So you don't really need the best recruiter. You need real player development. And I think that that's what uh, that's why some of these names are being thrown out there. Um, I, I think Luke Fickle's a little bit of a stretch um, because I think Cincinnati's a good program without Luke Fickle. It's one of those top group of five programs in the American Conference. Um, but Luke yes. Fickle at Ohio State wasn't good at all. A good defensive mm-hmm. coordinator, head coach, really bad. Um, but I, I think that's what they look for in the college game is player development, mm-hmm. getting taking teams that don't you know that that might not have talent and put it together. You know, they look for people that can develop those teams to take them from the bottom to the top. And in the NFL, you know, lots of these teams, you know, the, the Panthers, for example, lost a lot of close games. Like they just need a few more plays to go their way and they can be eight and four instead of four and eight. You know, that, that that's, that's kind of what you're looking for uh, is player development. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of my thoughts on it. I'm just surprised. Kyle Slob, really quick before we get out here. Y'all got any thoughts on that? that Conversation. Good point. Really? Which is fair. But I just. I think he wanted to be. I just can't believe you didn't really see his name. I think he wanted to see the game. But no, I totally agree with that. He just rebounded from the Falcons' job, and he didn't do that great of a job there. So, he might be Sure, okay. I, I, I thought he did pretty well there, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not getting it. We're not going to get in that debate. Um, Slob, you got anything? Or are we Facts. ready to get up, get on up out of here? That was well put. That was well put. <laughs> Slob, love it. Again. Um, <laughs> very well put. Um, <laughs> poignant. <laughs> the Deke. That needs to be his new nickname instead of Wolf Swab the Deke. Um, hey, oh, why you criticize oh. this man? It's only got the bike on. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah no, I know. I thought that. I know. I'm speaking bad about him. Well, guys, that'll do it for another edition of the Trojan Tailgate Podcast Network's NFL Recap Show. Thank you so much for listening each and every week. Um, I know, at least for me, I have a blast doing these and look forward to them. Um, and wow. I think we've done um, – this is like our 18th or 19th show, and we've got two or three more um, to go with, you know, next week previewing conference championships and then um, previewing the Super Bowl. So a lot of, you know, good content coming your way. Be sure to follow us on social media um, to get up-to-date – info on our shows when they're coming out um, they're available on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or wherever you listen um listen to your podcast any platform that um will carry it and for myself graham kyle chase and swab uh thank you again for listening and we cannot wait to recap uh the divisional round of the nfl playoffs and we will talk to y'all next week Thanks.